sheriff, the, the head sheriff was there. The mayor was there. Like different councilmen came, they spoke. Different people talked. Like a lot of his friends would come and sing. And I'm like, when I saw that, that's when I realized like, okay, like I'm super young. So yeah. I don't have money. Yeah. But I do have my gift. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Baron J, and I am the host of the Giving Wild Black podcast. We're here to uplift, amplify, and celebrate. And today we have a young man here that we want to celebrate doing tremendous things in his community. He is an entrepreneur, a songwriter, producer, podcast host, and a lot more. <laughs> and we're going to get into some of those things. Rajay, welcome to the show, man. How you doing today? I'm great, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm always glad to see see young brothers um, come on the show, doing their thing, man. It just makes me happy. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Man, tell us a little bit about, about yourself and some of the things that um, that you're doing currently. Um, Ray, born in Wilson, North Carolina. Um, the big city of Wilson? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They call it wide awake. Wide awake. <laughs> we, we say it's wide asleep. <laughs> Born in Wilson, um, lived there for a couple of years. Um, most of my years raised in Goldsboro. Um, mom's side of the family, musical. Dad's side of the family, musical. So both sides, family groups, like gospel quartets. My mom, her sisters. Um, her brothers were in a group, my dad, his childhood friends. So I was raised around music um, all of my life. Oh, Being wow. in rehearsals, whether I wanted to be there or not. Yeah. Uh, falling asleep while they're rehearsing, they pick me and my brother up, sleep, take us home, that <laughs> type of thing. Um, church background, grew up in church. Um, later on in life, we moved to Rocky Mount when I was in high school. So in that process, that's when I began to kind of like, well, I'm gonna go back. Three years old, my dad tells me this story all the time. They discovered that I had rhythm. At so three. that's when I like, yes, at three. At three, okay. they discovered that I had rhythm and I started playing the drums then. Wow. And as I got older, my mom tells me later on in life, so I'm gonna break it down with my mom's side of the family uh -huh. they had a family group where they all played instruments okay. like my mom played drums my aunt played the keyboard as they grew my uncles were older they started playing okay after that my mom tells me that they always had a band they always had singers but they never had a stable keyboard player it was always somebody that they hired to come, right. but they never lasted. And when, my mom tells me that when I was born, my granddad, her father, uh -huh. touched my hands and said, that's all right, little man. They call me, they call me man, man, mall, uh -huh. our keyboard player. And sure enough, 
once I got in middle school, I started playing. Wow, wow. So that, that gift, you 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 know, that I, there's a scripture in the Bible that I love. And when it talks about before you were formed in the belly, God knew you. Yes, man. Yeah, that's it, right? Absolutely. And so those gifts and talents, even before you came, have been formed. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. So on your your mom's side, you got all these musicians. So what instruments besides the keyboard did you learn how to play? So drums was first. Okay. Then keyboard was second. And then I can play the bass guitar a little bit. Okay. And then of course I sing too, because they all sing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do they sing or do they sing? I mean they sang. They, they sang. <laughs> yeah. Um on on both sides of my family, both my father and my mother, mm-hmm. their fathers, both of my granddads were really known in their communities for being amazing singers and amazing musicians. Yeah. So my my dad's family is the family from Wilson. And okay. my mom's family is the family from Goldsboro. So and they that's how they my mom and dad actually met through them singing on different concerts together. Oh, very nice. So you come from this musical family. So mm-hmm. that, that's what you you were born into. Um, and you, you're keeping the tradition going. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, as a younger person, this thing's a lot different now than, than back in the day. How are you using some of these new things technology wise and podcasts to kind of help your, your family continue this tradition of music? One of the biggest things that um, I tried to do once I got in like high school, the end of eighth grade, the beginning of ninth grade, I well, I got to go back again. <laughs> so, okay. in, so in the time between sixth and seventh grade, I had an opportunity to become a part of a band at a very prominent church in Wilson. Okay. It was at this church that I kind of developed. And before that, my whole life was like traditional gospel quartet. That's all I really knew. When I was introduced to this church, that's when like other styles of gospel and musicianship and different stuff like that happened. So I was already privy to like people doing recordings and people doing live recordings. And I didn't know the term music producer. Yeah. But I knew that like, I never liked to do the songs the original way. I always wanted to arrange something or change something or like, let's try this or let's do this. Um, And it wasn't until later that I learned the terminology. Yeah. But um, around 13 years old, 14 years old, um, a close um, family friend who became my stepdad later on let me borrow a keyboard of his. Uh And that was the first time I connected technology to music production because in this keyboard, there was a 16 track sequencer. Okay. So it would allow me to create my own songs and save them to a disc. Yeah. yeah. So that was my first um, introduction to technology in the music space. Later on, once I started playing at that church in Wilson, I would hear different albums 
like choir albums and stuff and I would always notice like before the music started there would always be like some kind of drum machine playing whether it's a three bar four bar eight bar loop yeah the music would come in and I'm like well what's that thing like I hear this sound I hear these drums what's that I later on learned that it was an MPC made by Akai so I took my uh it was a thousand dollars uh-huh and I was making two hundred dollars a week at church as a 14 year old which is crazy yeah 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 so I was like I'm gonna take this and um I'm gonna save my money every week and I'm gonna get the MPC so I purchased that and we implemented that into our bands like hey this is like another band member yeah and we would practice with it we would grow and during that time that's when I started to realize the passion that I had for like music production and music directing yeah. my I didn't know the terms yeah I just was doing the work and learned later on like hey that's the role of a music producer or yeah. that's what music director does like yeah and once I understood that that's what I was doing that's when the passion to take it further kind of came about during yeah. that yeah man that that's so that's so good I mean th this show Rajay is about philanthropy and giving back and how we can take generational gifts and pass it on to our children right I call it living your legacy and so your parents really created a legacy that they're passing on to you, right? Uh, and, and it's really powerful because this is something you'll be able to also teach your children. And so when I talk about philanthropy, I'm talking about time, talent, and treasure, but also how do we continue to keep this gift that we have? So legacy gifts, there, there's, this is how you can pass something on, either through money, monetary, right? Or by information, right? And they passed on information to you. So tell me, when, when did you start hearing about giving back? I know you're pretty tight with your family. Talk about that a little bit. Well, the first the first time I learned about giving back was through this church in Wilson. Okay. So it was a popular church. The pastor had a choir. Mm -hmm. um, it was myself. I'm gonna name everybody. So in the band was the pastor's son. Uh huh. His name is Ricky, but we call him Tank. Okay. At this time, Tank is maybe 16, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And then there's Greg Cox, there's Demetrius McCray, there's Chris Stevenson, there's Jamario Artist, there's uh, Brandon, and there's all these different Ashley, um, Roderick. These are all children. Yeah. Between the ages of 17, the oldest. Mm -hmm. like 12 or 13 me the youngest so when we first got there it was a thing like hey these are children we don't even know if they have the capability to really do what adults do musically like do they have the stamina do they have the patience do they have the mind so the first instance of giving back that I saw 
was when the pastor of that church's name is Reverend Ricky Daltry Senior. Uh huh. He spent he opened his doors to us. Yeah. Spent time with us, like rehearsals. Like we would sit in a circle together, and we would just like go over music, and he would be there with us for hours. And he wasn't getting paid. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's just giving. He's just giving his time. He's like, hey, y'all should listen to these albums. Y'all should listen to these records. Y'all should go here. Y'all should do this. Let's check out this. We would rehearse twice a week. Yeah. And every weekend we would go there because we were out of school. Yeah. All summer we would be there. And the first instance that I actually saw the community impact of a church through Reverend Daltridge was when he told us like okay guys y'all are ready to go to the next level with the choir yeah but soon we're doing this community event called the block party okay in the city he would do a block party and he would have different groups come yeah would have like different people come and like the volunteers from the church would like cook on the grill and stuff like that and he would just like give the food away yeah like nothing cost like we'll have the bouncy houses out for the children and we just want to have a day where we use our gifts and talents to give back to the community and yeah. like the parking lot would be swarming with people wow. and I'm like wow. it was the first time I ever seen yeah giving back like that yeah it's like yeah sheriff the the head sheriff was there the mayor was there like yeah. different councilmen came they spoke different people talked like a lot of his friends would come and sing and I'm like when I saw that that's when I realized like okay like I'm super young so yeah. I don't have money yeah but I do have my gift yeah and it's like where I am right now in my life after seeing this I want to use my gift to give to others whether that be through as I got older whether that be through mentorship or whether that be through just hiring younger people at my church and teaching them the ropes or starting the podcast to create an opportunity for other people to tell their stories yeah. these are the type of things that I can do right now and did back then to give back yeah yeah so it sounds like Roger that's something that's important to you um, something you enjoy doing it and it's so powerful when we can see something right and we can emulate those things that we see so I know you were a young um, a young kid around 13 14 when you kind of saw that when did you kind of start seeing yourself as a philanthropist it actually hasn't it didn't happen until like recently okay. um, honestly when I started um, the podcast that I started, uh -huh. it's been about a year now. Okay. And I was like, hey, I want to create a platform that's based on me creating an opportunity for other people. Yeah. With the hopes to build the platform in a way where it does create monetary gain and yeah. then I'm able to start a foundation or something like so yeah. recently I'm 32 now yeah so in the last 
two, three years, my mind has been like, okay, I want to start this entertainment company with different tiers. I want to have a tier that creates opportunities for musicians and singers. Yeah. And then I want to have like this um, charity type of portion, whether it's whether I create the platform myself or whether I give to schools for music programs yeah. to be able to sow into kids who like I live in a I'm from a small town like yeah Goldsboro Wilson Rocky Mount these are small towns but there are a lot of talented people that never have the exposure or the opportunity to um do music on a larger scale because they don't have the funds to do so. So right. these are things that I've been thinking about recently. Yeah, that that's good stuff because being able to pat because we know that young people love sports and music. Our, our young people, right? Um, and if we can pass down, you know, that kind of gift, you know, using our own talents to help them, and because it's all about. You know, it's it's the skill is part of it, but also the confidence. You you know, in being able to um, understand that you can make an impact. You know, with your gifts. You know, we were at a concert um, a couple of weeks ago with a lady named Kimberly Michelle. I don't know if you heard her before, but she's a violinist, and she talks about when she was probably six or seven picking up the violin she had her first live concert and man people came from all over the place and it was fantastic not only she's a great violinist but she's also a, a worship leader and it was just phenomenal man just to see somebody who started so early but it took her a while to develop the confidence even though people were saying like Cheryl you're awesome you you know you're really great but it's how we see ourselves too right absolutely yeah yeah and, and once they develop that skill that confidence comes that confidence comes you know yeah. speak speak to that a little bit how when do you start kind of getting your confidence you're like man I, I got this I know what I'm doing I know how to do this um it goes back to that ch that church in Wilson like um having those rehearsals and then like when we weren't playing like Reverend Dodgers would talk to us about um how people can feel what we're playing yeah like yeah. always be confident in what you're playing because you're impacting people yeah us coming in here in the woodshed as he would say this is the place where we sharpen our skills and our craft so that we can get to the place where we're sure. Yeah. And um, as I got older, I realized that, hey, um, my confidence comes from knowing that God has given me this gift. Yeah. This is a gift that I didn't ask for. It was given to me. And yeah. I steward it well. And I want to represent God in a way that is pleasing to him and the only way that I can do that is to stand boldly with whatever he's given me yeah so yeah. different people have come along and just like poured wisdom and knowledge into me that helped me to say okay I get it I got it I'm good yeah 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 I like to call it confidence right yeah man <laughs> <laughs> that's it 
So when we think about the word philanthropy, man, that's a, that's a big word. And a lot of times we don't see ourselves that way just because when we think about philanthropists, we think about the Bill Gates of the world, maybe the Oprah Winfrey's, the, um, the Jeff Bezos, all these people who have tons of money. So when you hear the word philanthropist, what do you think about? What does it make you think about? I think about um, giving. Yeah. And I've learned like, cause I, I used to get frustrated. This is crazy. Cause I haven't, I haven't talked about this. Yeah. I used to get frustrated um, when I would get certain opportunities uh-huh. growing up. And even recently, because I've always wanted to be in a financial place to be a blessing to people. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I used to get frustrated cause I'm like, when I charge to produce, these artists don't have but so much money so yeah. I can't spend or pay but for so much when I hire people right so I used to get frustrated because I only thought about giving back through money yeah. until like my wife would talk to me like hey do you understand your influence yeah like people will call me and say I did this because of you or people will ask me like how do you do this or, how do you do this or how do you do this and it's like giving is what it's all about and then i think as we give what we have on the level we're on yeah eventually we'll go to another level and it'll be whatever it needs to be for that level yeah so go ahead no no go ahead no so philanthropy for me is giving yeah and i'm just starting to become content yeah. with what I'm able to give right now in the space and place that I am in in life. Yeah, and, and that's a perfect segue for me to say to you, uh, Rajay, you are a philanthropist and I want you to say it. I want you to say, I am a philanthropist. I am a philanthropist. That's powerful, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's powerful when we know we have the ability, we have the capability, um, and we our resource that we have time, we can give it, right? And so it's time, talent, and treasure, as I said, and we don't have to have a lot of money. I, mean, I can tell you stories of when I've given people um, a roll of quarters, you know, like $10, and they break down crying, right? And I said, why, why, you know, I'm thinking like it's just 10 bucks. And they said, you know, I don't have any money. I just put my last 10 quarters washing clothes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and so there's so many powerful stories that we have to tell because we've always been philanthropists. We've always been givers. Yeah. It's gotten away from it. And yeah. part of this podcast is to help remind us that hey, giving is who we are. Philanthropy is um, historically what we've always done. Um, now, we just need to, to to walk back into that that space on a regular basis. Yes, sir, absolutely. Yeah. So what is some, some of the mi- misconceptions you think people have about philanthropy? Um, that you can't be one until you're a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the biggest things, like, Every time I've ever seen people like do great acts of service, yeah, it's been like on TV. Somebody's somebody's famous with a lot of money, and they give a yeah. hundred thousand dollars to whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the. That's one. Of, I think the biggest 
misconception is you have to be rich quote unquote before you can do it yeah yeah and i'm i'm a philanthropic coach man i help people um align their their money their donations with their deepest values and one thing because i get to work i've worked with very wealthy people before and sometimes people have a misconception that just because they have money they give it away you know uncle sam requires you to give money away but sometimes people don't have the heart to give it away. They do it out of necessity, not because what philanthropy means, the love of mankind, right? And so I, I know people who like, um, I got money, but I, I really don't, I don't really care about that. I don't really care about helping people. Yeah. I don't care about giving back. And so it's important, man, for people to realize just because you have money and you don't, it doesn't make you want to give. So it has to be something in your heart, right? That make you desire to give back to others. Yes. I've been I've been a giver all my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll do stuff like I've had different friends. Like I'll give you an example. I have a friend that some years ago started a vocal coaching um, business. Yeah. She started like selling teas and stuff like that. But when she first told me she was going to start the business, she was like, yeah, I'm about to do this. I really need a laptop. Yeah. And we were with her. We were at her apartment, my wife and I. And I'm like, I pulled my wife to the side and I'm like, she can have the laptop that we brought with us. Yeah. Yeah. Or I can be with someone and they say, hey, man, I'm starting this thing over here and I need this. Yeah. Even if it's my last, I'll give it to him and get another one. Like I've done that my whole yeah. life. It's so natural. Cause I'm like, Hey man, I want to see people win. Yeah. If I have anything that could help them get to whatever place in life they're trying to get, they can have it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it brings me joy to see people doing their thing. Like yeah. I can contribute to that in any way. I'm always down to do it. Yeah. Well, I feel you uh, on that, bro, because I'm the same way, but it's so good to hear um, other people express that because it's so important. And man, I celebrate you, Rajay, and all the things that you're doing. You're helping the next generation of musicians and producers, songwriters, and all of that. So man, we celebrate you today and hopefully you'll take um, your time away, just more energized, you know, to give back to others, man. But before we let you go, man, we have these seven rapid fire questions. Okay. It, it's the, a little hot seat, but you know, I, I think you got it. I think you got okay. it. Uh, let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. So the first one is you got two minutes to answer the questions. All right? Okay. So the question is how much money does it take to be a philanthropist? Zero dollars. What is your proudest moment as a philanthropist? Seeing a person get to another level from what you gave them. Okay. And what is the hardest thing you've ever given away? A laptop. A laptop. <laughs> um, what is the best gift you have ever received? Mentorship. Okay. I love that. 
Uh, what is the best thing you like about being a philanthropist yourself? Seeing people win. Seeing people win. And if you had this kind of dream philanthropic gift, what would it be? To create a facility that allow young people to have opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Build a facility to have for people to have for young people to have opportunity. Yeah. Without without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And when you when you get ready for that, you gotta find me so we can invest in. in Absolutely. 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 Uh, and what is your favorite charity and why? At the moment, I don't have one. Okay. And that'll have that'll be something you have to school me on. Yeah. Because I don't have one. Well, I know a good one. It's called the BK Damon Foundation. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. It's our um, our foundation. My wife and I started. Man, we um, provide scholarships um, and business grants to young people. Been doing that for a number of years. Man, we um, help missionaries, support missionaries, do missionaries work all around uh, the country and the world. And we have um, a youth development program as well. So uh, BK Damon Foundation, man, is always a good investment. You put money into that, those rounds, I guarantee those seeds are, are growing up every single day. But man, you you did it, man. Within two minutes, you killed it. You knocked it out. Um, Don't know what's tough, but. <laughs> I know when you, you know, they're not hard questions, but when you're answering them, you're like, oh, let me, let me think about this. Um, I normally play Kurt Franklin's song, um, Bless Me. Because I love that song, man, at the end of the podcast, because he said, you know, bless me, not just for me, but so I can help others, you know? That's, that's for me, my wife and I talk about it all the time. It's like, um, it is our desire to be wealthy. Yeah. To have the resources to give. That's literally why we want to be wealthy. And yeah. we talk about it all the time, like, we could do so much more for so many more people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, man, I want to take um, this moment again to celebrate you. But also, man, I want to celebrate. I know you heard this man's name before. I don't know him. Shay exposed me to him yesterday, but he passed away. William Earl Bear Smith. Um, for Rocky Mountain. Are you familiar with him? Oh, I'm not. Yeah, she said that um, he was homeless, but he was intentionally homeless, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, so he wanted to be homeless, but he was known in the community to help people. And she said, you know, she would go to the gas station, he would pump gas for her or wow. help he would be at the grocery store helping people um, bring the groceries out and putting them in their car. And you can go on Facebook now and hear all the beautiful stories about William Earl the Bear Smith. And so we celebrate his life and it's untraditional. He wanted to be homeless or he remained homeless, but he had family members yeah. of him who he interacted with, but this is the life he chose. But even if you're homeless, it was powerful to me because he was still a philanthropist and he's still giving his time. So we celebrate 
uh, Mr. William Earl Bear Smith and his contributions to his community in Rocky Mount. So shout out uh, to Mr. Smith. So thank you, man, again, for being on, on the show. Do you have any last remarks that you wanted to say before we end the show? Um, It's good to give, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no feeling like the feeling of giving. It really isn't. Yeah. So, well, I agree. And we want to continue, man, to thank you, not only for your time today, but thank you for your heart. Thank you for your mindset to give back to others. I know you're going to continue to produce great music and write great songs. And, and we're expecting great things uh, from you. So continue to do what you're doing. And we are here to uplift, amplify, and celebrate people of color and Black um, people who are doing extraordinary, ordinary things in their community that's also very powerful. So thank you for listening to this episode. And we'll be back the next time with someone else that we're celebrating, just like Roger Lutz. Thank you.